Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these change makers, the work they're doing, and how they share their message. Each of us can play a part in change. And these are the people who show us how. Hi, everyone. This is Lynn Weinman, founder and chief strategist of Kid Glove, with another inspiring episode of Agency for Change podcast. Today, we're talking with Stephanie Olson, chief executive officer of the Set Me Free project. And I'm not going to lie, when I first read Stephanie's story, it gave me chills. She was at one time happily running a nonprofit women's organization but realized there was a problem. Sex trafficking was happening in her community and she decided to do something about it. So she started the Set Me Free project and the rest is history. Stephanie, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you, you Lynn. Absolutely, this is gonna be fun. And would you start by sharing more about the work that you do at the Set Me Free project? Absolutely. The Set Me Free project is very streamlined focused. We uh, learned very quickly that about one to two percent of trafficking victims are recovered or rescued, for lack of a better word. And I, when when this all started, I uh, I'm a mom of three, and I thought no one is telling my kids this is going on. No one is telling me as a parent, and that's really how we began. And so we, our focus is youth and youth and families to prevent human trafficking before it starts. So what we do is we go into the schools, we talk to kiddos about healthy relationships, social media safety, and human trafficking, and how they are at risk, and then help them use some critical thinking steps to really figure out how they can stay safe, how they can combat some of that stuff, and make those decisions really on their own. But we also educate parents and educators and the community at large, because with prevention, we know that prevention's got to be community-wide, that we have to, as schools, as parents, as businesses, we all see trafficking. We all see not only the aftermath, but we see the grooming process. And I'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. But we don't always realize we see it. And so when the community at large is trained on how to prevent human trafficking, amazing things happen. That is that is amazing. I mean, just like our mothers always told us, right? An ounce of prevention is worth a lot. Yes. Yes. Mother was right. That's right. I I always (laughs) tell her that now. Yes, it took me a while. (laughs) That's that's right. That's right. Stephanie, I am really fascinated with your story. How did your path lead you to this position at this point in your life? Great question. I had been working with women in the area of domestic violence, addiction, homelessness, and I had also been speaking to youth in the area of healthy relationships in the school, so working with middle and high school kids, and was really content doing that, had no <laughs> had no intentions of doing anything different. And one of my colleagues started talking about sex trafficking and what that looked like, and 
I had always thought of sex trafficking kind of like the movie Taken, where two girls went off to Europe by themselves, they get kidnapped and shipped overseas. And that was my mindset. When I started to learn that human trafficking looked very different than I thought it did, and that it was in my own community, and more importantly, that it was my kids who were at risk, when I recognized that, that's when the momentum started to kick in for me. And there were a lot of great things happening in Nebraska on the area of victim services with human trafficking. But what I saw as a huge gap was no one was talking to our kids about the fact that they were at risk. And we know that for girls, the average age of human trafficking entry is around 12 years old to 19 years old. And for boys, it's even younger, 10 to 11. So when I realized no one was talking to my kiddos, no one was talking to me as a parent, that's when we started to pursue some options of, we've got to fill this gap. How do we do that? And and what does that look like? And that's how we started. That is amazing. You know, you hear so many people, you know, that have ideas, but to take that idea, you know, to see a need, take that idea and run with it is really something. And I, I just have to applaud you for that. Thank you. Can we even take a deeper dive and really talk about how this work is making a positive impact on the world today? Because I believe you save one person and that ripple yes. effect makes a difference on the world, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's it's uh, kind of funny because we are in the process of launching our brand new updated curriculum called Ready to Stand. And we've had this curriculum uh, for years, but we've really updated it and, and we, we continue to make it better. We're, it's all our own unique materials and things like that. And so we're excited about this new launch. But what, what we have found when we started, you know, it was one school in one school district. And now we have grown over to over 400 schools between Nebraska and Iowa. We have reached in South Dakota, Kansas and uh, moving into Illinois. And so it's really exciting to see how it has grown. And I will tell you that I think the reason for that, and uh, this is kind of on the lines of how we're making an impact and, and what that looks like. But when I wrote the curriculum, I really didn't write it for the subject matter. I wrote it for the youth. And when our youth... Are when they're learning something, a couple things. You have 30 seconds to get their attention. And if you are not authentic, if they can tell you don't care or you're doing it for a paycheck, you're done. You have very short amount of time to prove that you really mean what you're saying and you're authentic and you care. And so we wrote it for the youth and we wrote it in a very engaging, interactive and humor-based fashion. And people say all the time, how do you make sex trafficking humorous? And, and you yes. don't, you don't. But we always say we take our topic very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. Wow. And so when you bring in humor and you bring in just digestible chunks kids remember, adults remember, it is so much easier to swallow and uh, it is, it's effective and it makes an impact. 
And so we have kids after we leave our presentation wanting us to come back over and over again. And that is one of the things we do. We want to be a consistent presence. We want to be in the schools every quarter, every semester, you know, depending on the the school size and their their ability to bring us in. But it is that consistent presence, that authenticity, and the fun with the kids that make a difference. Wow. That is that is really something. One thing that even really strikes me is the fact that you said 400 schools across Nebraska and Iowa. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people would think of Nebraska and Iowa, like the heart right. of the plains, kind of idyllic and innocent. And it's happening. It's happening right here. Right and not right only now. is it happening, but we are a hot spot. It wow. is happening in um, pandemic um, uh what am I trying to say? Numbers. Yeah. It's, we are a hot spot. And so we know that because of, for a couple of reasons, because of I-80, um, certainly going across the state of Nebraska, I-35 across Iowa, we know that those are really big things that definitely contribute to trafficking increases. But also the fact that we're centrally located and we are just great people. We are awesome people. And so we're trusting things like that, I think, add to that. Now, a lot of times we think about trafficking being kidnapping, but it's relationship building. And a lot of that relationship building happens on social media. So no matter where you are um, globally, you you have access to the world. The world has access to you. You know, there was a day, I'm also a mother of three, and my kids are older now. They're in their 20s. So, you know, smartphones and laptops mm-hmm. didn't really come about until the their later years in high school. But there was a day that I, like, sat up and realized, oh, my goodness, my children have the world in yes. the palm of their hands. Literally. And I had been, yeah, very careful about one computer in the mm-hmm. den you know, and then all of a sudden the technology changed and the access changed. And I, I, I feel lucky that my kids were a little bit older at that stage, but, but wow, wow it's really something. It is hard. It is so, very challenging as a parent. Yeah. So now tell me this, the work of the Set Me Free project is really heavy work. And you mentioned that it's a serious topic, but you don't take yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. How do you and your staff, you know, cope with this on a daily basis? That is a great question. I, I, I always say we have the best part of human trafficking, if you will, because we are prevention. And so we get to talk to the youth, we get to have fun with them. So that does help. But it is a heavy topic, and we have to be up to date on all of the things. We have youth disclosing consistently, and so it is really, really difficult work. We make sure that we have a lot of self-care put into our staff guidelines, if you will. I mean, it, it's it's got to be up to each individual person, but I am the first to say, you need a day off, take a day off, because... It really is very emotional. We're going through a really difficult week this week. 
And so next week I said, I will be requiring naps for everybody. Because, I love that. <laughs> Another because, thing our mothers were right about. Right? A nap is yes. purely a I wish I would not have fought it as a toddler. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I want all those naps back. <laughs> but that self-care piece is very important. Making sure that, you know, if, if people have a wellness plan or, you know, have opportunities to get things off their chest, that's a really important thing. That's fantastic. So, Stephanie, what are some of the other challenges you face, uh, both in your work, but also as somebody who leads change? Wow, that is a loaded question. <laughs> you know, I think that. One of the things, and I think this is pretty standard with a lot of nonprofit leaders and possibly for-profit, I don't know, but getting past the idea, first of all, that you can do it all yourself. There is no way. And so we are very big on collaboration. We all have the same mission basically. So let's work together and make that happen because one organization is not going to change the world on their own. And I think that's really, really important. Uh, being a nonprofit leader, as just any leader, I think is a very lonely place. And so really having that work-life balance is critical. Making sure, you know, I always tell my staff, put your family first. Your family always comes first. And I think that is a really important piece of the puzzle because when we get those confused, it can cause a lot of stress and a lot of overwhelming thoughts. But as a, as a leader of change, that is a great question. I, I really think that, again, it's very similar things connecting with people who are doing similar work and knowing that again you cannot do the work alone that and then also remember remembering that it's one person at a time i think so many times organizations just want to you know fill the masses and that is a great goal but recognizing that if you change the life of one person you have done your job. And so I think those are important things to, to keep in mind. I think that's really great advice. I, I mean, I think that the you can't do it alone, I think is a lesson maybe a lot of us have learned in the pandemic, right? Like it's right. forced us to reach out and rely on others and connect with others, which at the end of the day is not going to be a bad thing. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stephanie, it seems like I would be making a mistake if I didn't ask you. I mean, for the people who are listening, who have kids, who, who you know, might be in a position to help with prevention, do you have a couple of top pieces of advice you can give to people? Yes, absolutely. I think it's really critical to be educated. There's a lot of information about human trafficking flowing all over the place, and some of it is accurate and some of it is not accurate. Social media is a huge place to find a lot of inaccurate information about human trafficking. On many and topics, I think. On many <laughs> topics, yes. <laughs> and so truly get educated. And that's in part what we are here for. It doesn't matter 
if you have a couple people at a kitchen table or if you have a stadium full of people, that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that you're educated, that you know what tools you can use to help safely navigate your kiddos through this thing. Because there is probably nothing more dangerous than misinformation. Because what I always say is when we are looking for what trafficking isn't, we miss what it really is. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that we get the actual education. The other thing to remember is it's not those kiddos over there or over there. It is our kids, our grandkids that are um, at risk. And so that is the key thing to remember. And again, with social media, with online gaming, that they have access to the world, the world has access to them. And so it is absolutely all of our kiddos that are at risk for this and that are vulnerable to this. So that is a really important thing to remember. Thank you for that. That is really great advice. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Because I am a marketing person, I always like to ask one marketing question. And and I'm wondering, how do you get the word out about the great works and the teaching that you're doing at the Set Me Free Project? Well, that's a really great, great question. And that's one of the questions we have that we have been picking your braid a little bit because you guys are brilliant at this. And it's such an important piece of the puzzle. Fortunately or unfortunately for us, we don't pursue opportunities. They come to us. And I say, I mean, that's a good thing. That seems like a great thing. When we started six years ago, we sent out one mass email and really have not pursued for, uh, opportunities since then. Every time we speak, there's about three or four opportunities that come along and so we did literally grow from one school to 400 by word of mouth, which is outstanding. The problem with that is that you don't learn how to best market yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is something that we are really working on. And, and one of the things that we are doing is really using social media, using our website and things like that to really start to get the word out there and outside of our great word of mouth people just really pursue other avenues through things like that. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, there is a real need for what you do, right? And, and right. so you, you know, people need those resources. So I think that's great. And yes. I do appreciate this shout out. I mean, part of the reason we're doing this podcast at Kid Glove is we want to put the microphone in front of the good guys. Literally, we mm. want to help organizations like the Set Me Free Project tell their stories because thank you truly you. are making a difference in the world. So thank no, you. I think thank you for the work that you do. So one other thing I have here, I, I also love motivational quotes. It's one of the things that gets me through the pandemic and moves me forward. But Stephanie, could you give us a few of your own words of wisdom that could serve as inspiration to others? Well, oh, yes, I would say that one of the things that I tell people when it comes to this topic is traffickers build amazing relationships. We have to build better ones. Traffickers build incredible networks. We have to build bigger ones. And and that is something that we can do just by 
connecting with each other just by working together and really providing a network for our youth and being those safe people for our kiddos um, so that they can go to somebody and say, I need help. And they know that that person will respond in kind. Wow. You know, it strikes me over my career, I've been part of different sales trainings and marketing trainings. And the things they always talk about are building relationships, yes. and building networks. And, and this is a very negative way. I know. Yeah. Skills. Yeah. So. And, and, and unfortunately they are brilliant at it and we just have to be that much stronger. And I yeah. think that we can take that and just what a, what a positive thing if we can build those relationships and those networks and strengthen our community through those to stop those, the bad guys, essentially. I, yeah. I really like that perspective. I really like it. Stephanie, this has been so much fun. It and has been. <laughs> I think we could do this every day. Um, I do too, it, actually. <laughs> for our listeners who would like to help, maybe donate or volunteer or even just come to your website to become more educated, yes. how can they find out more about the Set Me Free Project? Absolutely. You can find us at setmefreeproject.net. And there you can find out all kinds of information, the things we're doing. There is a link to donate backslash donate and or forward slash donate. I can never remember which that is, but you can also email us at info at setmefreeproject.net. And we would love to get you connected. We are always looking for amazing volunteers. We're always looking for people who would love to be advocates for us. We have somebody who is getting ready to start kind of I don't know what the word is, like a guild to to help bring advocates together and, and volunteers and things like that. So we we love to work with the community and connect with them. So that would, yeah, those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Fantastic. Once again, congratulations and thank you for the great work that you're doing and for taking time out of your very busy schedule. Thank this you. has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Lynn. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a change maker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the Kid Glove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.